Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I hope all of you are having fantastic starts to your week. And let's dive in. We have got a bunch of different stories to roll through. One of the stories I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put it up uh, on Twitter at Clay Travis is my uh, Twitter feed. What uh, did you spend more time watching over the weekend? And some of you inevitably will say, neither. I hate both. Well, deal with it. Uh, World Cup or the U.S. Open, because I found myself going back and forth, and uh, I felt certainly, and by the way, happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Uh, Your day of fatherhood uh, being honored is now over, but hopefully you had a good Sunday, and you did some of what I did, which was sit and watch a lot of the World Cup, and then also watch down the stretch of golf. Because the way it was set up, the the World Cup matches were on in the morning, and then you could flip it over and watch and see what was going to happen in the U.S. Open. Brooks Kapka obviously coming down the stretch with the win. But much of the discussion surrounding golf has been about Phil Mickelson and the fact that he did what just about everybody who has ever played golf has done, which is miss a putt, be a little bit disappointed, and have like a kick save effectively to keep it from rolling all the way off the green. I can't tell you the number of times I have been playing with a buddy. My buddy has blown it past the hole on an elevated green. The ball has been close to running down to the other side, and I either use my foot or my uh, putter to stop the ball so he doesn't have to go back down the hill and chip it back up. That is one of my strong suits, the kick save, Uh, when your buddy, or uh, conversely, when your buddy does that for you, when you blow it past the hole and otherwise going to go down the hillside or go down off the green. I have zero issue with what Phil Mickelson did. I mean zero. I don't care at all. I think, was he honest when he made his explanation? Probably not. I think the honest truth is he was in the middle of shooting an 81. He's 47 years old or whatever the heck he is. The last thing he wants to do 
is uh, shoot an 81 and continue to play. And I think he was like, screw it. The USGA blew it with the way they located the greens, with the way that the greens are, the flag, sorry, the way the greens are rolling this afternoon. Nobody is posting good scores. They're making a mockery of this championship. Why can't I just make a mockery of this championship too and play the shot the way uh, that I want to play the shot? Now, we're going to talk to Ned Michaels in hour two. He's part of NBC's coverage uh, on the Golf Channel of this uh, of this uh, co- competition of the championship there. And what he will say is that he thinks Phil was doing that because it, the penalty doesn't fit the crime. In other words, if you sink that putt uh, in that situation, you actually could end up saving yourself uh, a couple of strokes. I don't think it mattered to Phil Mickelson at that point because he wasn't in the running. Would I feel differently if somebody were in the running? Yes, then it would be a boneheaded play. But when you're going to finish in 60th place, to me, this is why golf has trouble attracting fans. It's because so many people out there focus on these tiny little nuances of the game as opposed to trying to think about how to grow the game. And uh, and so to me, we'll talk about that a little bit. In terms of golf, uh, in terms of the World Cup, I thought there were a lot of phenomenal games over the weekend. We had upsets galore. Uh, in particular, yesterday, Mexico comes out and upsets Germany, the defending World Cup champion. We had uh, Brazil get tied by either Switzerland or Sweden. I'm going to be honest with you. I get Switzerland and Sweden confused all the time. I'm not really sure the difference between the two, but either Switzerland or Sweden, they tied uh, the Brazilians. And then we had um, a a lot of, I thought, just in general, really entertaining matches. The Portugal uh, game against Spain was phenomenal. Ronaldo goes for three different goals. Um, And even without the U.S. involved, it seems to me there's a lot of interest in all the World Cup matches. Now, I also understand that both golf and soccer have anti-soccer and anti-golf guy. I don't care. You know, and usually that guy is a baseball fan. And he's like, why aren't you talking about regular season baseball? And my answer is pretty straightforward. If I ever have to talk about regular season baseball on a regular basis on this show, much like if I ever have to talk about regular season NBA, I will resign. I will retire. I have zero interest. There are 30-some-odd teams in Major League Baseball. All of you care about your local team. If I were in St. Louis, I'd come on and talk about the Cardinals. If I were in San Francisco, I'd come on and I'd talk about Bay Area baseball. If I were in L.A., I'd come on and I'd talk about the Dodgers every day. But it's almost impossible to do local – it's almost impossible to do national baseball sports talk radio because everybody cares about their local team and hardly anybody else is watching. So it has to be such a monumental, massive story. Now, you get in the playoffs, same thing with the NBA. All right, when you're in the playoffs, everybody's watching the same few games. It's a lot easier to do. So we are going to be talking about the World Cup. We're going to be talking about the U.S. Open today. We've got some incredible Animal Thunderdome stories that are going to blow your mind. I'm not even sure when we're going to break those out. Also, I want to get into this. Landon Donovan did an advertisement for a bank where he said everybody should be rooting for Mexico. And to me, this is everything that's wrong uh, with modern uh, media when it comes to how you choose to do your endorsements. I'm not going to tell you what bank he did an endorsement for because I don't want to credit them for the stupidity of this advertising campaign. But if you haven't seen this, uh, as we come into the World Cup, uh, Landon Donovan tweeted out and put a video up. Join Landon Donovan 
to cheer on the Mexican national team during the big tournament. And then Landon Donovan said, the tournament is here. USA fans, our team may not be in Russia, but our neighbors to the south are. So join me and their proud sponsor to cheer on our other team, Mexico, Vamos Mexico, and it is Landon Donovan with a scarf that he's holding up in this advertisement that says, my other team is Mexico. Now, to me, this is such a tone-deaf advertising campaign. I don't know how much they paid Landon Donovan to endorse Mexico, uh, but whatever he got, he should donate to the U.S. men's national team to allow them to make the next World Cup. I can't conceive of this. If you were a uh, Ohio State fan and you got paid by a bank to come out and root for Michigan, let's pretend Jim Harbaugh, did, Jim Harbaugh didn't stink and he was actually in a playoff, and you did this. Like, like, like if Eddie George came out and said, my other team is Michigan, and he was doing an advertisement for a bank, Ohio State fans would justifiably re- react with absolute disdain. If you are an Alabama or an Auburn fan and one or the other of your team is playing in the in the playoff to win the national championship and you came out and held up a, uh, a scarf that said, my other team is either Alabama or Auburn, people would choke. I mean, right now there are people who are hearing this in the state of Alabama listening to us and they're driving into work and they're literally choking right now. We might have just given some people in the state of Alabama heart attacks. If you are willing to do, and these are, and this is just like random fans wouldn't do that. If you are a star of a team with a hated rival, and if you are a soccer fan, the U.S. and Mexico are hated rivals, and you would make the decision to do this for, I don't know, what could this bank have paid Landon Donovan to do this? A hundred grand, 250 grand. You have given your blood, sweat, and tears every year to try and make the U.S. national team get to the World Cup, and then you're going to go and embrace the country that is the most hated rival of the U.S. when it comes to soccer? To me, this is indefensible by Landon Donovan. We'll break that down. Does anybody out there feel like defending Landon Donovan? I will open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. But my big question as we come in, day after Father's Day, is which did you watch more, the World Cup or the U.S. Open? I'm going to bring in the crew out in L.A. and here in Nashville We'll discuss all these events that have been going on. Like I said, an hour or two, we'll talk with Ned Michaels. Is anybody grabbing their pearls? Was anybody offended by Phil Mickelson? Or is this evidence of why golf in general has such a difficult uh, job attracting a younger crowd because most people think this is an absurd situation? I'll be honest with you. I think if you can get to your ball before it stops moving, that would add a much-needed round of athleticism to golf. To me, that would make golf more entertaining. Maybe you'd have to make it different because you can't play golf like you did um, you know, with putt-putt. When you take your little kids on putt-putt, they just kind of drag their putter along the ground and the ball keeps moving the whole time. And my three-year-old played with us recently and he said, hole-in-one, like he got a hole-in-one a bunch of different times because he just got beside the ball. He thought, like, why would you hit it and let it keep rolling? Why not just use your, uh, your putter the entire time and just guide it directly into the hole? It's a good question. Not allowed, but a good a good attempt. But in general, I think if you were going, if you allowed a golfer, when a, when a shot is hit, if the ball has not stopped rolling, can you imagine the fun of seeing a golfer sprinting down the fairway 
uh, as he's laying up one shot after another. I don't know what the overall impact of golf would be, but I think it would arguably be more entertaining if as long as your ball hasn't stopped moving, you can play it again uh, as long as you get there before it stopped moving. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's go with my guy Ned Michael should be with us now. Uh, He was at the U.S. Open. He was breaking down everything surrounding Phil Mickelson and what happened at 13 on Saturday. What's the story, Ned? Hey, what's happening, buddy? Listen, the story is that that he's a mad scientist. It was bizarrely brilliant, right? So the ball's rolling at bogey putt. It's going to roll all the way off the green into a position that you're never going to get the ball up and down from. As a matter of fact, you might hit it heavy and leave it in the bunker. I mean, you could do anything from where the ball was going. Phil decided, you know what? While the ball's rolling, I'm going to go hit it. And if it goes in, if you do the math, the score actually would have been exactly the same. The problem was that he didn't he screwed up the end game. He missed a little comebacker after he had hit the rolling putt, so he ended up taking a ten. But he talked about it afterwards in his interview. He said this is something I've been thinking about doing for a long time and he did it. And it was uh it you know it blew up the golf Twitter world basically. You have played golf your entire life. I believe you were a scholarship athlete at Vanderbilt. You now work for NBC talking about golf. People who were offended yeah. by this, what would you say to them? Well, first, first of all, it, it, it's well within the rules. So he he did nothing wrong. Now, did he break the spirit of the game? You could make an argument for that, but he he's always been a deep thinker. I want to give you two examples. In 2006, he played the Masters, and he won the Masters using two different drivers. That literally was the genesis of what we have now in the adjustable drivers, where you can tweak loft and lie and all these kind of things. That, that started with Phil Mickelson playing two drivers in the 06 Masters. It literally revolutionized the way the industry makes golf clubs. And another time, 2010, there was a rule change on, on having the right kind of grooves in your club. And Phil found a loophole that he could go back and use a ping I two wedge from way back in the in the nineties. And so again, they had to come to an agreement and the RNA and the USGA and the PGA Tour. He was actually called a cheater. At that point, the number two player in the world called Phil Mickelson, and the players who were taking advantage of this loophole called him a, a cheater. It, it wasn't cheating; he was just taking advantage of the rules. And in this case, he's done the exact same thing. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. And I, I, don't, uh, I just thought it was bizarrely brilliant. And, and they're going to change this rule, I'm sure. Mark my have, words, they you, will. What do you think they'll change the rule to? Uh, it will basically be either a steeper penalty or it will have something to do with your intentions. Because right now it doesn't really – they're two separate rules. They're a little bit unclear. They kind of overlap. If he were to have stopped his ball completely – he would have been disqualified. Uh, and there's another one that says if you deflect it purposely or if you deflect it, 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 then you're disqualified. In this case, he just hit a moving ball. So he knew he's, this was premeditated, not necessarily this exact time uh, on the 13th green, but this entire scenario Phil Mickelson had thought of in his head, had talked to people about, had probably had a conversation with a rules official five years ago about, and listen, he, it was, if he was at even par and in contention, there's no way he does this. But the rule is the rule. It's black and white, as he said. And 
he didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion. Does it have anything at all to do with the way the course was playing on Saturday other than his score? In other words, was this a little bit of a middle finger towards the USGA? In my opinion, absolutely not. Zero. He, he, it was just something that the bar, and you can watch him. The ball starts rolling past the hole, and he's kind of walking as he normally does. And then he sees, oh, no, picking up steam. It's going off the green. And then he starts running after it, and at that point he hits it while it's rolling. So he, the, this was something he knew he was going to do at some point or he saw, had thought about for a long time. So it, it just was now's the time. You know, he's whatever he was, 15 over, something, he doesn't care. The money no, doesn't make any difference. Um, in, in my opinion, this, this is like an a, a interesting brand move for a guy who's a, a mad scientist to begin with. We're talking to Ned Michaels. If the ball had gone down and continued to roll, this is something I don't know, how bad of a spot would his ball have been in? Horrible. Horrible. Uh, absolutely horrible. Our, uh, our own Ken Brown did one of his brownie points for Fox on this. Where he was going, you hit it on the green and two-putt at best. And chances are he hits it on the green and he's left with a similar, if not more difficult putt that he just had. So maybe he puts it off the green again. I mean, the scenarios are endless on how big of a number he, he could have made. Some people have argued, well, why not just take an unplayable? He could have let the ball roll and stop where it was ever going to end up, picked it up, and gone back to where he just putted from and taken an unplayable. It's only a one-shot penalty versus a two-shot penalty. But if he does that, then he's faced with the exact same putt again. I'm not saying he puts it off the green, but there's a good chance that he could have. Did the USGA take away from the fun of the U.S. Open with what they did on Saturday? Only if you were a player. Yeah, the <laughs> play, most of the players hated it, uh, but Brooks Kepka didn't. I mean, last year, 16-under won the tournament. Uh, it was a scoring record, and everybody said, where'd the U.S. Open go? Where, where's my dad's U.S. Open? Where narrow fairways and even par means something. So this year, that's what they get, and people are complaining that, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, the green, the course did not get away from them. The whole locations, there were three questionable whole locations on the second nine on Saturday. Mike Davis, the CEO of the USGA, came out and said, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done in those couple of whole locations because good shots weren't being rewarded. So, but no, it, it made, in my opinion, it made for great television. How impressive is Brooks Kapko winning two straight U.S. Opens? Hard to put into perspective. I mean, everybody's talked about Curtis Strange was the last guy to do it in 88 and 89, but the names of the players who have done it are historic. Hogan is in there, 50 and 51, and, and Bobby Jones, a four-time winner in 29 and 30. Ralph Goodall as well. But it, it, it's, it's huge. It's absolutely enormous. He's now part of history of the game. And quite frankly, I think he gets him into the Hall of Fame despite only winning three events on the PGA Tour, two of them are U.S. Opens. How unbelievable is that for somebody who follows golf to have three championships on the PGA Tour and have two of them be the U.S. Open? I mean, Phil Mickelson would probably give a couple of fingers up right now to be able to get a U.S. Open, and he hasn't been able to do it yet to complete his major. For Brooks Kapka to have three titles on the PGA Tour and two of them have been U.S. Open – is really kind of unbelievable, right? I mean, it's like a guy's only won three playoff games and two of them are Super Bowls. <laughs> First of all, you're Mickelson saying giving two fingers up. I'm questioning which fingers he might put up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he'd be having them cut off. 
it, it is. It's, uh, Andy North, Hall of Famer Andy North, same thing. He works for ESPN and has, has been a commentator for a long time after his playing career was over. Same thing, three PGA Tour wins, two were U.S. Opens, not back-to-back. So it, it puts Brooks Kepka immediately into an echelon of the elite players, not only of our era, but in the history of the game. How long, last question for you, how long does this Phil Mickelson story linger, if at all? So it's funny, we had this debate that evening, and I was saying, listen, no, this thing's gone. Because as, just after it happened, I talked about it on our, I do our world feed for Fox, and, and I, said he, I said he did it on purpose, he didn't break a rule, you can question the ethics, but you can't question the math, and you can't question the rules are black and white, and, and he, the, the a body who makes the rules. RNA and the USGA deemed him to be safe. He didn't break any rules. I think it's gone already. I think the story is Brooks Kepka winning back-to-back U.S. Opens. This may bubble up a little bit here and there, but nobody talks anymore about the wedge situation in 2010, where, again, the number two player in the world basically did, called him a cheater. And no one remembers that. So this is, this is gone. You know, the only time it's ever going to come up with somebody hits a moving ball five, ten years down the road, and it may come up again at next year's U.S. Open, but it, for the most part, it's over and done with. Good stuff, Ned Michaels. Appreciate you waking up early with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Clay. Take care, buddy. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends 
when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!